Welcome to the 40th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm great. Good. So last week, Credit Suisse held its annual communications conference, and there were fireside chats with a couple of the CFOs, representation from both AT&T and T-Mobile, and I thought there were some interesting and notable nuggets in both of the talks. So let's start with AT&T. Pascal DeRoche is the new CFO following John Stevens. And he said a couple interesting things I think that are different, indicate uh, different directions for AT&T, right? So the first thing that he said that I thought was, was really interesting, you know, there's been a lot of talk in the investment community about the device promotions that AT&T has for new and existing customers and how long those can go on. And we said they will go on forever or for a long time, right? Right. We we said they would they would go on for as long as necessary, right? And that it didn't seem to uh, be posing a problem to AT and T. In fact, margins are up, right? So exactly. it doesn't seem to be an issue. But he reiterated that these promotions were going to go on for the foreseeable future, and that the customers that are being acquired with these promotions and the kind of corollary drop and churn for, from a retention perspective resulted in profitable customers, right? As well as churn at record lows. So I thought that was interesting. Thoughts on that, Roger? Victory lap, high fives all around, right? It was clear, you know, that, that this was working and it continues to work and they will continue until it doesn't work. This is now the first time in... I don't know how many years that AT&T is, you know, kicking butt and is winning on, on every, basically on every metric. And as a new leader in what John Stanky is, that, that's a huge, big thing. It's a huge win. When your company is winning, everybody comes to work with a smile on their face, or at least a little bit more of a smile on their face, than when, oh my God, we lost more customers. Oh my God, revenue went down. Oh my God, there are layoffs, right? Mm -hmm. And you can make your bottom line in two ways. Either you increase your, your top line or, or you cut your bottom line. And it's a lot more fun, you know, increasing your your results by by growing the top line you and i know that very well right yep absolutely yeah so i thought you know the speculation about whether or not this continues i think this kind of puts that to bed and the, the other thing that he said that i thought was interesting was that the proof that this is a good strategy is that now there are other players in the market namely verizon that are copying this tactic that are also giving uh, existing customers subsidies for devices right well they grew very quickly tired of being you know at the receiving end of a sharp stick you know if you can't beat them join them right and neither one of them is joining t-mobile in in handing out free lines left and right so they're growing through revenue generating lines and not on, on freebie lines mm-hmm mm-hmm so the other thing I think that he's, he said that I thought was interesting and that is, I think, a pretty marked shift in terms of strategy, and it's something we've seen since Stanky has kind of taken over, is that there's a renewed focus on managing the core business as opposed to and growing organically rather than growing through M&A. And he was very explicit about that, right? So Yeah, but they have no choice, right? What and who are they going to buy that makes a difference for a... 40, 50, 60 billion dollar business. 
Because the AT&T of today is not really AT&T. It's SBC, right? That's where the lineage comes. And then they, it's, it, it was the runt of the litter of the, of the baby bells. And it ate all of the baby bells it could. The survivor is Verizon. But SBC grew by buying a company, buying another baby bell, and then running down or, or cutting the cost faster than they diminished the top line. And through that, they financed then the next acquisition. But it's ultimately buy, rationalize, revenue comes down, buy the next one, and with, with, the, with the increase in profit. And they've run out of runway there, right? They ran out of run, runway five years ago, and then they tried to replicate it with DirecTV and with Time Warner, and that failed, or semi-failed. It failed with DirecTV. I think one of the, the, the things where AT&T and, and John Stanky don't get enough credit for is the actually really smart sale of Warner Media because they bought it for $80 billion. And when we do our math here, they sold it for $100 billion. They not only got the $43 billion in debt reduction and, and other things, they got 71% of the new discovery. Right, so cash and equity combined, right? Exactly. When you combine the two, it's a really, really smart transaction. And both for AT&T, because the shareholders should make out really, really well. And for Zaslav, it was a really good deal because he was also runt of the litter of the streaming guys and... You know, when you look at further out, my die, uh, he suddenly is the third largest media company. You know, well, and I think the point they made here, right, is that the valuation for media companies versus the valuation for telecom companies is just completely different in terms of right. you know dividends versus growth, et cetera, right? And you can't be a dividend and a growth company at the same time, right? Or it's very difficult to do that. It's very difficult to do that. And yeah, there's the, the conglomerate discount. Wall Street heavily favors pure plays because the investor wants to create their own conglomerate and not have some company CEO build the conglomerate for you. And while AT&T and, and Verizon were distracted with their empire building, T-Mobile moved ahead and... and carved out a pretty nice niche there. So the other thing I thought was interesting that I think a lot of folks may have missed is when he talked about churn, he talked about it being at record lows in the present tense, right? So obviously we don't know kind of what the Q2 numbers are going to be yet, but I thought it was telling that he, that AT&T continues to talk about record low churn, you know, obviously without sharing any, any discrete information, but but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and Thaddeus Arroyo subsequently talked about it in present tense as well. That's correct. That's so correct. words matter, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is, was, right? Yep. It looks like pretty low churn for this quarter. Mm-hmm. So that's a good segue because uh, Peter Osvaldic, who's the CFO of T-Mobile, also talked about record low churn for the magenta base but you know i I think i thought this was an interesting talk t-mobile does a lot of these type of talks and you hear a lot of the same 
talking points. And this was kind of a similar talk in that respect. There were a couple new interesting things, though, I thought. So one, he talked a lot about the merger and how it was running almost a full year ahead of plan. And how proud he is of the team and what a wonderful job they do and, you know, ahead of schedule and all of these things. Right. But right. I mean, I think that's relevant, right? This is one of the largest mergers in the history of, of telecoms, right? And so yeah. to be able to do it ahead of time. And, you know, I think what is generally been seen as a, fair, a fairly smooth transition, I think is an accomplishment, oh. right? So... Yes, but I I think they're following the Metro PCS playbook. And the Metro PCS playbook was not integration, it was transition. Because Metro PCS was a mess and it was CDMA and Sprint was a mess and a CDMA. So instead of integrating the, the these things, they migrated the customers over because the T-Mobile network and and whole software stack and billing was all stable and so rather than introduce instability to a stable network and a stable infrastructure why not simply add more customers which they have done anyway before very successfully and without a lot of hiccups whereas when we look back at sprint and and nextel these guys try to integrate Right. So it's really more about the T-Mobile network assets eating the Sprint network assets and then decommissioning kind of the, the extras there, right? I think- exactly, which is much, much smarter. But that's why it's working so well. Right. So I think one of the things that he talked explicitly about that I think we had known about for a while because it was part of a innovation awards contest that we were judging was the idea that T-Mobile had separated the billing and network backends for Sprint customers. So yep. what, what they were effectively able to do is on day one, they created what was more or less like a roaming agreement uh, for every Sprint customer, where if they had a compatible ha- handset, which was the majority of Sprint customers, then they would automatically roam onto T-Mobile where available, right? So they're yep. they're disaggregating the billing network from the, the, the mobile network. And that's allowed them to have a much more smooth transition. So they're not, you know, kind of tearing down sites and then and then having to, to shift people over. They're just kind of seamlessly yeah. having folks roam as the, as those the assets become available. Yeah, T-Mobile had hiccups on the network, which they don't like to talk about it, but when you put your head to the ground, you know that in, especially in Florida and Arizona with N41, which is 2.5 gig, they had massive problems for weeks and weeks. And only now that has been fixed, right? So old Sprint customers certainly had a rough ride for a while. And that explains the the elevated churn, right? It's interesting, actually. So, you know, last couple of these talks, they've talked about, you know, making it distinguishing between the Magenta base and the Sprint base and how the Magenta base is at record low churn, but they will never give you that number and then obviously the number they provide is the blended churn, which I think is indicative of, you know, there's still, I think, some structural issues in the sprint base from a churn perspective that they're yeah. looking to address. They still don't have folks, all the sprint folks moved over to Team of Experts, which is their kind of T-Mobile care organization that's very good. They also mentioned that they, you know, the drop in ARPU 
that they had in between Q4 and Q1 was because they were migrating Sprint folks over to T-Mobile rate plans, right? So Yes, Sprint's ARPU was higher than that of T-Mobile, no doubt about it. But then, you know, we've done the analysis. They've handed out free lines, you know, like candy. Right. So the T-Mobile since Q1 of 20, right before the, the, the merger went through, has been offering free third lines to yeah. pre- pretty much anybody with a pulse, which I think explains some of the high net ads, not so high ARPU growth, right? And no revenue growth, right? Right. So if it's revenue... But they added, what, 2 million customers and revenue went up zero somewhere in that neighborhood? Right, it's roughly flat. I think there's a there's a very like 0.01% increase or something like of that sort. But it's it's not what you would expect if you, when you were to, if you were to add 2 million subscribers, right? Yeah, but of course, Sprint customers are migrating over to lower-priced T-Mobile plans. Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting from a network perspective, he said they plan to decommission 35,000 macro sites. Mm-hmm. By the end of 2022, the previous number that we had heard was 20,000. So I know that's been 25, kind of in flux, yeah. 25, yeah. So I know that's been in flux a little bit, but it seems like, and they said they don't feel like they need to densify much after they kind of finish that. So it yeah. sounds like they're kind of right sizing the network and, and don't feel like they need a lot more investment after they're figured they're finished with the build out, right? Yeah. And, and Neville in other talks said, I have way too many small cells. The T-Mobile small cell was right next to the Sprint small cell, and I don't know what to do, right? So luxury problems. It's way easier to cut than to add. Right. So the other thing I thought was interesting from kind of an addressable markets perspective, so if you remember, T-Mobile's really got three big kind of expansion targets. They've got rural markets, business, and then fixed wireless access or, or 5G home broadband they didn't say a whole lot new. They're still shooting for 20% share in rural markets and in business. But one thing they did say is that in business, they had Q1 was one of their best quarters for phone ads in large enterprise, which I thought was interesting. They haven't. Well, but yeah, that, that's like being the tallest midget, right? T-Mobile will be aiming for 20% share in both for quite a while. So they, they didn't give a rural market share. We think it's in the teens. They've, they've quoted like low teens. And in business, they've said nine to ten percent share for the last you know seven or eight months. So it doesn't seem like there's a lot of meaningful growth there yet. Yeah, and it, it's a lot a lot of runway for for T-Mobile to grow, right? Mm-hmm. But the stress is on way, not on run. I'm sure they have the best enterprise sales ever because they didn't have enterprise sales beforehand. I was always laughing when some. You know, carrier said like, "Oh, we do business for with ninety percent of the the Fortune five hundred," and I'm like, almost every telco does business with the top ninety percent of the Fortune five hundred. Yeah, but you know what? If you do, if you did listen carefully, and I know you did, you know, they they for the first time did say that they think they're about fifty million corporate liable lines, and so if you back out that ten percent share yeah. that they say they think they have, that's about five million corporate liable lines. So they, five million is not a not a small number. They they do are doing some business there, but I agree yeah. with you that I think generally speaking, their their role has been more to you know help. Enterprise customers push their price down at Verizon and AT and T than to actually do business, right? Yeah, and in SMB, T-Mobile is very successful. I think they probably have like thirty-five percent market share there. 
pretty good performance, and I don't see any reason why they will have at the end of the day 35% enterprise market share. But, you know, it's still a morning in America. Cool. So is there, is there anything else across both these presentations you think that we should focus on? What we can take away from this is that competition, as as we predicted, is heating up. And I think we'll heat up even more so. I think we'll have a firecracker of a, of a fourth quarter at our hands. Right. So, I mean, I think, you know, when we looked at Q1, Q1 came in, you know, with a run rate of almost 6 million net ads per year, which is, you know, typically we would expect to have three or 4 million, right? So yeah. definitely a big Q1 on the back of, and I think both AT&T and T-Mobile said that they thought the stimulus played a big role. Obviously, that's you know diminishing a little bit, but I think you know as the economy re- reopens, it's reasonable to expect that there's going to be a lot of nets out there to get and a lot of competition for those nets. Well, the, the economy is open. Uh, there is starts and fits in the economy because the the demand is so strong, and so I think to a certain extent, one of the things when you when you listen to all of them is. They're more concerned with the supply chain than than a lack of demand. Now we'll see what you know inflation does over the next months. It's been higher than than we've seen quite a while, but that's because demand is outstripping supply, right? That's when you have inflation, and so it's it's a sign that there's more growth to come. All right. Well, we'll be here for it when it does come. That's all we have time for this week. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.